we're back, people. Your favorite. And I'm never lying. If you thought I was lying by now, you might as well have the Pinocchio nose because it ain't me. I'm never lying when I say this. Your favorite sports podcast, Roaming the Airwaves, Rolling with Ramos, is back. I happen to be, as I am always am, the one that holds the last name Ramos. I, I would like to specifically thank my daddy for that one. Mike Ramos in heaven, I love you. If y'all know me, y'all know I love my father. I miss him every day. Episode 99. <laughs> Episode 99. We are one of them things. One of them things. Because we ain't going nowhere like Diddy, baby. We ain't. Uh, going nowhere. We are one of them things away from 100. There's only one way to do 100. Well, 99, actually. We pay homage to a Canadian former professional ice hockey player and former head coach. He played 20 seasons in the National Hockey League, the NHL, for four teams from 1979 to 1999. Nicknamed the Great One. He has been called the greatest hockey player ever by sports writers, players, and the NHL itself. He is the leading scorer in NHL history with more goals and assists than any other player. He garnered more assists than any other player scored total points and is the only NHL player to total over 200, yard, 200 points in one season, a feat he accomplished four times. In addition, he tallied over 100 points in 16 professional seasons, 14 of them consecutive. At the time of his retirement in 1999, he held 61 NHL records, mm. 40 regular season records, 15 playoff records, and six all-star records. Mm. Oh, we are truly great. This will be a great one. We are the great one. Rolling with Ramos, episode 99. If you didn't know who it is by now, I don't know what roster they sitting under. <laughs> Episode 99, the Wayne Gretzky edition. And you know, I'm not by myself. He's always here. His appearance has changed a little bit as I'm noticing the heat specs on your face. <laughs> I, what am I without him? I'm nothing without him because he is less off. Tristan, another week, baby. What's going on? What's going on? Um, definitely happy to uh, be here. Um, always good to see your face, Mikkel. Uh Yes. So these, I still have my regular glasses. I want to make sure I'm clear. I still have my regular glasses. These are specifically for, um, you know, I stare at computers all the time between work and uh, doing video edits for the show and for church and stuff. I'm always looking at the computer. So these are specifically for the computer. Uh, them special blue lenses that are put in. So um, that's what I got on right now. I need to get them things as much as I'm on the computer. Amazon. And even worse, I'm on the computer overnight. Amazon. (laughs) Amazon. I got these from Amazon. So go to Amazon at a good price, too. So, um, But they definitely helped so far uh, just to, you know, help with the headaches and all that stuff from looking at the computer too long. So it's pretty good. Drop 
those comments down below. Make sure you talk to us in due sure. time, people. We will be implementing a, 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 a email account where you can talk to us. Tell us what subjects you want to talk about, topics. For sure. um, we might say some stuff you say on air as we talk. And we're going to make this a little bit more interactive as if you're not already interacting with me. But drop those comments down below. Let's go to the main event, shall we? We can talk some NFL, but let's go to the main event. And that is in the NBA. Yeah. The coronavirus was beaten by the NBA. Let's start there. And guess what, Tristan? The season ends in a yeah. championship. For yeah. some people, one event brought home the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. March 11th, the day that I won't forget, when they said the NBA season will be stalled for one point in time. The day the NBA shut down its season, resuming four months later, players and coaches and staff, li staffers lived in a bubble, sequestered from the outside world. All games among 22 teams were played at Walt Disney World in Florida. It was an experiment, Tristan, that some believed would never work. Right. It did. As the final game of the season concluded Sunday night, no coronavirus cases inside the bubble were reported. The league had detailed over 100 pages of guidance to prevent the spread. Question. First thing we touch on, everything in this bubble is strategic. Even down to the coverage, which was immaculate, I want to take the time out to shout out Rachel Nichols and to shout out Malika Andrews because they made the bubble look easy and they were pretty in it. Anyway, sure. we still remain insightful and, in, and we it still remain insightful and engaging in the bubble. The victory, the, the victory the NBA Adam Silver was able to have in maintaining a season but also the importance of keeping the players within that that healthy. We heard all these people trying to get 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 snuck in the bubble. Oh, you get in trouble if you let anybody that wasn't supposed to be in that bubble in that bubble. That's How right. big is that? And what is the lesson that other organizations can learn? Or can it not be specifically done as the NBA did it? No, I want I want people to understand that you gotta give the NBA full credit um, and courtesy of what they did, but also give grace to the other teams, uh, I mean, the other organizations out there, because you can't duplicate what was done with the bubble. Um, I think you and I talked about it before, you know, uh, you got to understand that NBA teams are dealing with, you know, 15 players on a roster, and then you have your assistant coaches and then head coaches. You know, so at at most you're probably dealing with maybe 20 to 25 people per team, um, whereas you know, um, and then you weren't even dealing with the entire NBA. You're only dealing with certain teams that qualified for the playoff, the playoff push. So that cut that cut that in half. So to have that kind of controlled environment where you can do one, you know, one area, one one arena, and control that aspect. Um, as far as the bubble in one specific area, that's something unique to the um, to the NBA that really couldn't be duplicated. You know, shout out to the WNBA, shout out to the NHL. Um, but like, you know, when we look at like the NFL or we look at uh, uh, MLB or MLS, those things are kind of hard. Now you're dealing with a, a 
a lot more teams, you know, uh, NFL specifically, you're dealing with a 53-man roster. Then you're dealing with the head coach. Then you got the defensive coordinator. Then you got the OC. But then on top of that, you got the running back coach, the wide receiver coach, special teams coach, linebacker coach, D-line coach. You got you got too many variables uh, going on. So it's definitely a unique circumstance. But the fact that it's a unique circumstance, nonetheless, for the NBA to do what they did, man, I mean, kudos to them. Like, And we got quality basketball. We got quality basketball. It wasn't like we were cheated as fans watching the uh, the NBA game. So, like, big time shout outs and kudos to him for uh, being able to pull that off. Adam Silver, man, he he's he's an awesome, awesome commissioner. Not only did we get quality basketball, we got quality football. Sometimes the same night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Sport, if if you thought you missed out on something by having sports earlier and the pandemic ended it, I found this even better because you had the best of both worlds and everything sometimes in one, two, three nights. Now we yeah. still got baseball and then football is still going and basketball has come back again. So this was kind of all right. Yeah, yeah. Adam Definitely Silver wasn't says, yes, Adam Silver says, working together, teams and players, we found a way to play through a pandemic. Keep everyone safe and put a spotlight on those critically important issues. That's another thing we forgot to mention. What they've done for social injustice within that bubble. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm one that always say, you know, let athletes be athletes. You know, we try to push push them to be more uh, than an athlete. And I and the reason why I say let athletes be athletes, not that they're not capable. I'm trusting. I'm not one that's going to say shut up and dribble. But I just feel like we put so much pressure on on the athletes to uh, speak their mind on these causes and these issues when, you know, they are just trying to provide for their family and trying to become champions, trying to become the best players um, that they can be. But on the flip side of that, for what the NBA has done, for what the WNBA has done, I got to keep acknowledging them on that because they, they went hard, especially especially when they did that whole T-shirt with the seven gunshot wounds uh, on the back of the T-shirt. I mean, they, they went – they were tough, man. And, and Some you of know, them did not even play this season. Exactly. And then for, you know, for players that opted out of playing because of social injustice on both sides of the WNBA and the NBA, for, uh, for Milwaukee to make a stance and actually pause a game, a playoff yeah. game, just for the simple fact that they didn't want to, um, you know, they didn't want to play under the circumstances of what was going on. I mean, you know, these are the things that – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, continue. I, and I actually have to – That's cool. I, I was just saying, these are the things that, you know, when we talk about uh, young kids growing up and trying to, you know, they look at these athletes as role models, I love the fact that the, the next generation growing up can look at these athletes not only as role models for being able to run fast and jump high and, and, and you know, put a basket in a hoop, but also realize that with that stage, they can voice their opinions and they can voice their emotions and how they feel and try to make change, you know, with LeBron, with, the, uh, with his school and everything. Like, that came from him playing basketball. Look at what he's done from the outside of the court just for the simple fact of playing basketball. He used it to, in order to maximize um, possibilities for inner city kids in Akron, Ohio, and all of Ohio, really, um, with his school. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. 
backcourt and, and kudos to Adam Silver and the NBA just to give the players the platform and give them the space to express themselves to understand that what's going on in this country is not is not right. What's going on in this country is not something that is of humanity. And we have to recognize that. And although we're looking at these games to be entertained, uh, first and foremost, we have to pay attention to what's going on. We need not be but so distracted from what's going on in the real world. And I'm so glad, even after the great performance, and shout out to uh, uh, even Jamal Murray, um, because I'll never forget that game, that game he had uh, when he scored 50-something points. And all he could talk about at the end was talking about Breonna Taylor. Like, these are, these are moments that are etched in history and, and won't be forgotten anytime soon. In, it, in any event, it seems like sports finally got back to its roots because as, as sports was so revolutionary and giving us some of these revolutionary figures, there is no Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is a great athlete, but to some he is more known as a revolutionary Absolutely. than being an actual boxer. He is known for his political stance more than he is known for being a heavyweight champion. His yeah. presence in the world, there's nothing more iconic than him having that Olympic that, that Olympic torch in his hand because he embodies the world, not just being an athlete. But you bring up something very interesting as far as Milwaukee is concerned. This was not your typical regular season. If they had done that in the regular season, would they have even been able to do that in the regular season if there was no pandemic? Would it even have happened, or do we even or do we even need to pay attention to what if and why and and and, and if it never did? I think if they did this in the regular season, I honestly don't think it would it would um, have the necessary ripple effect as it did for doing it in a playoff game. Remember, they were because at, at the time they were looking at it as. You know Milwaukee doing this, they, they could be possibly trying to forfeit that game. And you know how important um, series are in the NBA as far as you know whether you're up two to one, three to one, up three zero, up you know two zero. You know it's 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 a lot of different variables that take place with where you're positioned in that particular series. So they were talking about possibly for just forfeiting it if it wasn't for the other teams complying and not desiring not to play that day. So if it happened in the regular season, in the 82-game season, yeah, it still would have been talked about. It would have been big. But in the 82-game season, you know, and they, that's something that I, I don't want to say it's easy because it's never easy. It wasn't easy what they did. But in an 82-game regular season, it would have just been basically just a, a, a sacrifice that could have been easily rectified. They could have easily scheduled it on, on another day. Even if they just decided not to schedule it at all, it wasn't going to affect anything. For them to do it in a playoff situation was major. I, I'm. I want to say this. Okay, so not regular season, but I'm meaning in a regular situation outside of the pandemic. If there was no pandemic and you had oh. your regular regular season, and you had your regular playoffs, out. What did it only happen because it was in a bubble? Would it still have happened in a playoff setting if nothing ever happened and we weren't in the bubble? You know, I now, now, okay, now that you phrase it that way. That's where I was going with it. Now that you phrase it that way, if they had done that and this was just regular playoff basketball, I think it would have resonated even more. I think it really would have stirred some stuff because look at the situation. They were in the bubble, right? 
who was really affected by them not playing? Because all that's in the bubble is the team, the coaches. So if they all come in agreement, they decide not to play. Who was really affected by that? Because we were all at home. We were all watching TV. Now imagine if you had 30-something, 40-something thousand fans in the stands, in the arena, and y'all decided to pull that. Now we really... Now we talking. Now we talking. Now, now, that, now that's, that's talking, that's shaking some ground. So I think them being in the bubble kind of gave them more liberty to operate the way they operate. But man, if they did that in a regular, just a regular playoff atmosphere where fans have bought their tickets, they're there, they're, and they're literally just waiting for you to come out to warm up, and then all of a sudden you just make a decision that we're not going to play while the fans are in the arena? Fire. Man, you want to talk about, as Stephen A. say, box office. Like some of y'all like to do for no reason. Right, but it would have, but it would have stirred. I mean, it still stirred it what they did, but it would have that would have impacted even more. You would have really seen real live reaction taking place and trying to figure out how people were going to feel about that. That that would have been something to see for real. Adam Silver again, but I'm gonna read the whole comment this time where he sure. says, "Working together, teams and players." We found a way to play through a pandemic, keep everyone safe, and put a spotlight on these critically important issues. He says, for that, every team deserves to be celebrated. Right on, Adam Silver. We get Absolutely. that. We get that. However, you made that statement in the middle of a trophy presentation <laughs> for her part six, because there's only one winner, baby. Two is not a win, and three, nobody remembers. That's right. That takes us to closing the NBA socially distanced season. The Los Angeles Lakers won 106 to 93 over the Miami Heat Sunday in game six, taking the league championship. First of all, now I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to ask you all these Anyway, I, I know where you're going. The Lakers sure know, well, if there's anything we know, the Lakers sure know how to start the beginning of a decade. Because last time we saw them 10 years ago, we saw Shaq, we saw Kobe hoisting, not Shaq, we saw Kobe hoisting a trophy 10 years right. ago. LeBron right. James had a promise to keep, and he did. Lakers forward led Los Angeles to their 17th championship, ending a 10-year drought. The 35-year-old superstar became the only player in NBA history to be named MVP in league finals while playing for three teams. He averaged 29.8 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.5 assists per game during the finals. The Lakers showcased relentless defense and reached a 30-point lead during the matchup. We just want our respect, James said after winning his fourth championship ring, and I want my damn respect too. After its first championship win since 2010, the Lakers' 17 NBA titles tied the Boston Celtics for the most in league history. As the Lakers celebrated inside the bubble with confetti and champagne, oh, a lights went off. With confetti and confetti and champagne inside the bubble, hundreds of fans flooded the streets of Los Angeles. All these chants of Kobe, despite the fact the police arrested 76. 76 people after a, a bout of violence and vandalism. Glad that was taken care of. It was a hard-fought win following a year where the team didn't make the playoffs. 
last year, the first season James played with the Lakers, he suffered his worst injury, a strained groin that forced him to sit out 17 consecutive games. The Lakers missed the playoff for a sixth time in a row. The Laker faithful don't give a damn what you've done before until you become a Laker, James said on Thursday. You've got to do it with them as well. I told team owner Jenny Buss, shout out to Jenny Buss. If there's anybody that put it back together, it was Jenny Buss. Jenny Buss, when I came here that I was going to put this franchise back in the position where it belongs, James said during his finals MVP acceptance speech, and the team believed him. When you have a guy who has been to the finals nine times in the last 10 years, it's hard not to, to believe him, teammate Anthony Davis said after the win. It's hard not to believe that he's going to get there. We all know Kobe implications. We all know doing it for him. How do you feel? How does it feel? It's um, Los Angeles. He lost well, his Achilles. Well, as a no matter which way you say it, they are your NBA champions. As a um, as a diehard Lakers fan, of course, um, I was ecstatic for them to uh, win their seventeenth title. Um, as a diehard Kobe fan, it did my heart uh, to see that you know, unfortunately, we we started the year with such tragedy and losing him, um, but ending the basketball season with his team on top of the basketball world course um and you know i i I know there's a lot of people that are trying to put an asterisk on this title and um you know because of the bubble because of this you know the whole situation with with covid and everything but you got to really think about what these guys had to do and i'm not just talking about the lakers for anything even if the lakers didn't win i I still would have talked the same way you have to understand what these guys had to do these guys had to leave their family. They had to leave their friends. They had to leave the, the places that they were familiar with, go into a bubble, and literally sit there for three months to win a championship. All the while, everything that's going on outside with COVID, everything that's going on with, with Black Lives Matter, all these things that are taking place, and still and, – and every night – I mean, you know, I know you watched the, all the games just like I did. Every night, there was never a question – that didn't go by about the Black Lives Matter uh, movement or lifestyle, as we like to say. There wasn't a there wasn't a time that that question wasn't asked about the social injustices. There wasn't a time that the question wasn't asked about you know about the Breonna Taylors, about the George Floyd. There was never a time that questions weren't asked about that for these guys that are playing their hearts out trying to win a championship. And each time they stepped up and answered it with class, answered it with passion. You think about the Doc Rivers post-game interview that he did. I mean, these things are etched in stone. So to go through all those things, to go through all that, and to end up being a champion, despite it all, you got to give kudos to that. You got to. You can't put an asterisk on that. And if you're going to put an asterisk on it, put an asterisk and say that this is one of the more challenging NBA titles that have ever been achieved. And like I said, I'm not saying that as a biased Laker fan. If it was the Miami Heat that ended up winning the title, I still would have said it the same way. I probably would have praised it even more because Miami wasn't even supposed to be in the in the championship game. They weren't even supposed to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone be in the finals. So I probably would have even shouted it out even the more for, for the Miami Heat if they had won. So this is definitely a, a huge deal. 
Um, huge deal. And as a Laker fan, like I said, and as a Kobe Bryant fan, like I said, I, I, I was definitely happy. I definitely wish we could have closed it out on Friday in the Mamba jerseys, but nonetheless, it, it, the job was finished. It sounds like an equivalence of going to war. You take your time away from family, you go do what you got to do to defend whatever you're defending, and you come back, and now you got to acclimate yourself back in because you spent so much time outside of it. Exactly. But doing your job. Right. I'm happy. I, I mean, okay. I'm more happy that they got it on the sake of of, of, of Kobe because all I can think about, um, we're seeing these pictures of him shake. They're they're creating these memes of him, um, angelically holding LeBron or or sitting next to him or in heaven, him and Gigi looking down. I can't help but think, and I think that's what we all do when we grieve and we lose. I can't help but think what Kobe Bryant would have thought of this bubble. Would he have went to the bubble? Would he have been there to celebrate all of this in the bubble? All the tweets, everything that he would have said to be involved in it. And Kobe is not a non-vocal guy. Well, he's non-vocal, but when he opens his mouth, it's purposeful. So it would have been nice to see how he would have acclimated to the bubble outside of the bubble because it's, 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 there was one meme that was very funny about um, him looking at certain players and can't believe that they did certain things in the bubble. Like some people saying, oh, Kobe would have destroyed this bubble. He would have, if you thought he cared about basketball more enough, you give him a bubble with how many days to be by himself to care about basketball. Oh, he would have been in. I'm glad that they did it on behalf of Kobe. I'm glad that the extension of, Kobe is being also recognizing his wife and his children that are still here. It's always we always remember who is gone, but we also remember Vanessa is always part of the Laker family. She's always part of the NBA family. Her children will be taken care of forever. Yes. And can I, let me say this in regard because you're not the only person that um, talked about um, Kobe as far as how he would have dealt with being in the bubble. A lot of people say that Kobe probably would have been in the bubble and been there courtside with the Lakers staff trying to keep them focused, trying to keep them motivated. Let, let me be clear on this. I honestly, I'm not one of those people that thinks like that because I think he was truly content with his life when he made that ode to, to basketball. When he wrote that, that ode to basketball, I think, I think that was his way of truly being content. And I, w- I just couldn't imagine. I, I couldn't imagine him trying to be away from his daughters and his wife, you know, just as how much he loves his family. I couldn't imagine him trying to be away from them to be with the Lakers unless he was playing. But because he wasn't competing, I just couldn't imagine that. Now, do I think he would be on every Laker radio? Do I think he would be guest appearing on all the sports shows and uh, talking about what's going on with the Lakers oh, and that stuff. Uh, do I believe that, do I believe that, um, do I believe that the Lakers probably would have had him on like a zoom call during one of their meetings while in the bubble? Um, that, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I know for sure that, that he would be involved that kind of way, but to physically be there, I don't think so. I think he, I think he would have wanted to stay with, um, with his daughters. 
and uh, and stay with Vanessa. Not to not one to bring up controversy, Christian, but um, we have to discuss this because we have. Oh, to I was ready. Because we I was ready. Other platforms discussing <laughs> together and separately. I don't want to tarnish what we're talking about. But we gotta talk about it. You and I was ready. An article, and I'm pretty sure you know what direction I'm going. <laughs> because if we had a game six, you talking about ended it in game five. Game yeah. five ended very dramatically. And to yeah. some, it ended in a way that they would not have liked it to end. And it ended yeah. with a particular play that some say okay, and some still find a way. I'm one of those people. And some still say, there's an indifference. But I like to think that I'm a little bit different. USA Today article, article, a nice little USA Today article as found by Mike D. Sykes II. Lakers game five loss to the Miami Heat. Fans were bickering about James' decision to pass the ball to Danny Green. Money Green, he got to be money from three, right? Guess what? That's what he what paid to be. For what was <laughs> For what was essentially the final shot of the game? Sorry, sorry, Draymond Green, don't come after me. I don't need to. I don't need to. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. He, he ain't money. You money. Anyway, it was a great pass! Exclamation point. James had the entire Heat squad surrounding him, and you can't get any more wide open than this. It's a miracle that the pass even got there. Listen. This is an exercise in futility. There's no point in arguing with anyone who thinks James didn't make the right play. Oh, yeah? And was supposed to shoot the shot. This has been routine over the course of James' career. He passes out of a triple team to a wide-open teammate, and and he's torched the next day by Skip Bayless. Tights for not being clutch. I beg to differ on that one. He shoots over the triple team and misses. He's torched for not being clutch. I think we're using the wrong sentence to describe what LeBron didn't or did do. I don't agree with that. On the off chance that he actually makes this shot, cool. They'll give him his props for a bit, but then it's right back to it. That truly sucks. It's a lose-lose situation that really shouldn't be one at all. The bottom line is that the pass to Green was absolutely the right play. Not only did James pass to a wide-open teammate, he's not shooting well. We all know he wasn't shooting well. But he's one of the best spot-up shooters in finals history. So I'm going to let you digress. I believe and agree with half of it. Not even really half of it. Some of it. But um, go ahead. Th- thank you. Don't thank make you. me. Thank you for giving me the floor on this. This is all I want to know and understand. Okay? Danny Green is a multi-champion. Okay? We celebrate the fact that LeBron James has has won championships on three different franchises. You want to know who's the other person that's won championships on three different franchises? Danny Green. Danny Green. Danny Green just won a championship last year, so he's back-to-back. 
He's back-to-back. He won it with Toronto. He's won it with the Spurs. Danny Green gets paid $15 million to be a 3 and D guy. That's what they brought him in for. $15 million to be 3 and D. If I, me, if me, I don't even care for the fact that you're cold. I don't care that the fact that you've been, you had an off night. The one time that I'm looking for you to make a shot, the one time I'm looking for you to make a shot is at that moment. I drive the basket to the hoop. I have three to four defenders on me, and I kick it out to you, and you're wide open. I mean, you'd have thought Moses was there and had his hands stretched part in the seat. He had, he had time to take a seat and call his mama from the bubble and to check on her to see how she was doing. This, this, he had an open shot. And this is what kills me. This is what kills me. This is what kills me. What kills me is that not only, not only did he miss it, but he missed it short. You didn't bank it off the glass and it just fell. You didn't bank it off the back iron and it was just a miss. You, you, you hit it short as if you had no legs under you, as if you were exhausted, and you barely played. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand. You saw him celebrating. You he celebrate, he right? ce- he's celebrating because he, he lucked out because LeBron made up in his mind in, in game six and say, to hell with the rest of you guys. I'm going to win this game. That's basically what happened in game six. He's basically saying to hell with y'all. I'm going to win this game because clearly, clearly what they paid you for is incorrect. And I truly, truly hope that they find a way to get rid of him during this offseason because it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. I, I was so angry. I was so angry with Danny Green with that play because I'm just like, bro, this is what we, we brought you in to do that. To do just that moment, just that moment, we brought you in to play 3D. That was your moment right there. You know how Ron Artest celebrated at the fact that Kobe passed him the ball to beat the Celtics back in uh, back in 2009? That was your Ron Artest. That was your moment. That was your moment. And then don't even get me started about Marcus Morris. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. He thought How it you, was his brother. You, he was like, oh, I'm, I was trying to lob the ball to AD for him to put it back. So you were, gonna lob, you were going to lob the ball to Anthony Davis when since halfway through the second quarter, Anthony Davis was, play, was basically playing with one foot. You were going to lob it to him, and LeBron James was open in the corner for three? Come on, man. Come on. I understand. Listen, to, listen, listen. I'm a, listen, listen, listen. I understand that people want to feel good emotions, that they just felt LeBron should have just taken it to the right. I get it. I get it. I understand. I get it. I understand. But the way that people killed LeBron on this and not killed Dan Green, I didn't understand. Because I'm just like, LeBron did exactly what Kobe has done before, what Michael Jordan, the great Michael Jordan, has done before. How do you think Paxton had his moment? How do you think Steve Kerr had their moment? Because Jordan did the exact same thing. I get it that y'all want to see LeBron do these things. I get it that y'all want to see LeBron have these moments where he just makes up in his mind that he's the strongest player on the floor and just bulldozes. I get it. 
But if I'm paying a guy $15 million and I see that he's wide open, wide open, he's going to go for the high percentage play. And the high percentage play in that moment was Danny Green should be able to hit this shot. He had time when he caught it, he had time to set his feet and make sure he had a clean shot. And for it to not for for it to not only miss, I can understand if he missed it, but it was like a good miss. For it to have fallen short is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. I could even see if he was shooting from the elbow. You were shooting point blank. Wide point blank. Open, square at it. What? Right, right. But you know, and Big Shot Bob would have hit it. Expecting to get that pass. You know, Bob right. You talking about the game? You talking about the game against the Spurs? I know exactly what you're talking. That, that the ball ricocheted from a rebound to Robert, and he still hit the shot. Big shot, Bob. He definitely would have hit it. Even Shaq said, "I didn't even know the thing went into it <laughs> until everybody started walking off the court, and it was over." No, that was Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. yeah, Sacramento. Chris Webber will forever remember tapping it the wrong damn way. Yep. Okay. 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 Danny Green. Okay. Um. <laughs> My thing. He shoots over triple teams and misses. He's torched for not being clutch. He passes out of a triple team to an open teammate and he's torched the next day by Skip Bayless tights for not being clutch. My issue, and we've had plenty of conversations. We have about, and first of all, you LeBron lovers are worse than the Beehive, because every time you say something in regards to LeBron, some of it you just you know how some people just just listen to hear what they want to hear and react. You're not yes. listening to actually hear, because I'll be damned. If I call LeBron James non-clutch, yeah, I'm not going to do that. If I call LeBron James not one to be in the moment, to be, always be ready, he had to go into Game Six, and they had to blow them out, or he had to torch them on his own because he cannot depend on anyone else to help him finish it all. Correctly, I'm sick and tired of guys like Kyrie Irving being to open, being able to open their mouths in any situation just because you're the guy that took the shot on a LeBron James team. Don't you ever forget that. Right. But to a degree, when he opens his mouth, it's merit. I would never call LeBron non-clutch. I saw this play happening. I saw him go up. I said, come on. There you go, LeBron. It's your moment. Every star, every superstar, especially LeBron James, deserves that iconic moment. I will forever remember the follow-through. And yes, Mike was not double-teamed. But I will forever remember Dennis Rodman the last day saying, I was getting the hell out of the way because that's what I knew I should have done. I will forever remember Kobe to Shaq. I ever remember Kobe and pumping the fist. We say he's not that guy. And for guys to, and for people to accept that 
that's not his style of play. It's not. I understand that, but it irks me because I said because he goes up and I'm like, let's go. It's yours. Take it. Urgh. Even if you foul. Because you know why? And then he passes it to Danny Green. And what happens is to make your point of why Danny Green is so under the surface and nobody is talking to him, it's because the narrative created that we want to create for LeBron is passed to somebody else to unfortunately create the narrative back for him. And that is so damn unfortunate. Because and unfair. It, it, and it's unfair because if he takes that shot, for once, I want to be, if all of us media, I want to be there asking the question, why did you take it versus why did you pass it? There's so many times throughout the course of his career where we've continuously asked, why did you give it away? Why did you give it away? I, I was so happy and proud of LeBron when they're in that 3-1 situation and they're with Golden State and they asked him, was he scared? He stood up. He sat up. And he said, I'm the best player in the world. You think I'm scared? You're damn right. I was right on. That's what you that's, that's what you say. Right. In the event that he misses that, the whole rest of the world can complain and whine and grind about clutch because clutch isn't the narrative. Clutch isn't the word. He took it. And I would have been happy that he took it. And he went up and for once got something that he deserved. Even if he, at least he tried to get something he deserved. Because for someone that gives so much of himself outside of this game, in this game, oh, LeBron deserves the selfish moment. He and deserves you know a moment. He deserves something that we will look back and say, we don't deserve LeBron does not deserve Kyrie's shot. He does not deserve Danny Green's bomb. He deserves to go up. And we remember that he took it in the palm of his hand and he slammed it right in somebody's face. And that was for him. That's not hate. That, is that one thing people say, what more do you want of him? And I think when we talk on social media, it's misconstrued and everybody's in their emotions. You don't really get to say what you want to say because you can't type all them damn letters. So, <laughs> <laughs> so here we are saying, do I want more? Yes, but not in the more of anything else that he could give us because he gave us all. The more I want is for him. Okay. That, that You know what? And, that, and that's fair. And that's fair. Uh, I, I will. Every superstar I can, has his iconic moment. I want that. I can accept. I can accept that. I can accept that. That um, that's a little cool you just said. I can accept that. Here's my problem with other people, not you. With other people, I feel like with LeBron, it's a damn. All these people that are now basketball coaches and they had right, their, their, right. Their, their career. <laughs> right. I think it's the it's LeBron faces this. Always going to face this. Damn if you do and damn if you don't. Because in my mind, in my mind, the scenario will play out. LeBron goes up for the shot. If LeBron misses and they lose that game, then the talk is not going to be, well, at least he took it. Like you saying, well, at least he took it. At least he said, you know what, to hell with everybody else, this is me. Yeah, no. and warning but, scrutiny. Kobe's missed a buck. He let a record for missing. But you, you would have given him the credit for taking it. Yes. Others would have others would have looked at the play and been like, "Well, Danny Green was wide open. Why didn't he pass the ball?" That's how I look. It's that, and I feel like that and plays then he in his head. It, and then you ask him, "Why do you?" I, 
so so I feel like that's what plays in his mind. So he's just going to do what he wants because he's like, if I do this play, someone's going to talk about it. If I do this play, someone's going to talk about it. So me being the smartest player on the floor, I'm going to make the play that makes the most sense to me, no matter who says anything, because at least I can live with it at the end of the day. It's a quote that I always say. I say to everybody, I'd rather live with the consequences of my own decisions than the consequences of someone else. I can be fine if I made the decision on my own merit and not because of someone else's influence. I can live with that. And I think that is, I think that is the thing for LeBron. He can live with making that play, knowing that Danny Green missed, but he can live with it because it's the play that he decided, then doing something else because of what the narrative is being put out about him. Because my thing is, in game five, right, the way people were coming down on LeBron, when I've come down on LeBron before and talk about moments where I just want him to kind of take over, is when he has this little passive game when he scores like 23 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, or something like that. Cause though, and those are my great numbers. But for LeBron, those are very passive numbers. Those are the times where I'm like, I wish LeBron just made up in his mind and said, nope, I'm, this is my game. I'm taking it. Game five, he did that. The man, he had 40 points, six of nine from three, 13 rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. He, he, he did what I wanted, what I've always wanted him to do. Because it was game five in the Mama jerseys. Everybody was struggling. AD was struggling. Everybody was struggling. And from the clip, from opening clip, he was like, I am taking everybody out. And he did it. And just the one moment that he said, I brought you here, because let's, let's be clear, this team yeah. is LeBron constructed. I brought you here for that moment to make that shot, and you missed. So the one moment that he said, boom, let me kick this out, because I know I'm going to get drawn in. Everybody knows the ball is coming to me. I'm the one with the hot hand, but I'm going to see that you, that we paid $15 million, you that, has, that is a multi-champion just like me, you that have hit these shots in the finals before, I'm going to kick this shot out to you because you're going to be wide open and you miss. I'm not going to put that on LeBron. I'm going to put that squarely on Danny Green. Danny Green is not a second-year player. Danny Green is not somebody that hasn't been in this moment. Danny Green is not somebody that just won his first championship. He has been here and done it before. I will put that on Danny Green. You hold Danny Green to the accountability of who he is. He has been a champion. He has been a champion making those shots in those moments. Hold him accountable for who he is in that moment. And that's what LeBron did. And Danny Green did not deliver the way he was supposed to deliver. And that is the problem. Not LeBron. And that's what I meant when I said he wasn't ready for that moment. You're supposed to be ready for that moment, but you ain't ready for the moment. And me and you had all those. Right. Sometimes, America, we don't always get along. It happens. We don't always get along. He can feel, he can feel all this rainbow pressure. Through the internet. <laughs> and I can feel the Jamaican fire through the internet. And That's right. text messages as we get ready for the show. But at the same, but to make your point and, and, and to, to, to kind of counteract, because I think we're saying the same things. We want what's best for LeBron. We're just saying it different. But some some of y'all just, y'all just need to log off because all you do is hate. You spend time right. on, on, you spend right. time, if you, you spend time watching to make a, illegitimate reaction. You don't like rolling with rainbows. You don't like something. It's called a remote control. Click. 
You can turn off the radio. You can turn off the phone. You you don't like something, you can do that. If you don't like watching LeBron James, stop watching him. Right. And here, and, and it's like you watch to say something. And but, you know, but, I, him him after winning this title, I want to say this, and because I know we gotta I know we gotta keep moving along, but him winning after winning this title, it's like, what more can you really hate on? For the past decade, a LeBron James team has been in the finals. A LeBron James team has been in the finals. Outside of last year when he got hurt, he's always been in the finals for the last decade. He told y'all what he was going to do and still came back and did it. He for the last decade. He keeps it. I, I, have to, I, have to, I have to give credit to his, his view. But the other thing that irks me when we're talking about giving a guy that's $50 million and, we, and you came here because of me, Guys like we for, and and then you say forget we forget to blame the person that we need to blame that goes on LeBron. Danny Green misses that shot. J.R. Smith, we saw the memes that that happened. Marquise Morris, we're not talking about these guys, but they have a championship in their hands that they don't because deserve. of LeBron. Because of LeBron, they don't deserve. And when I say. That it, it the narrative of LeBron and this is the continuousness of his career in the great basketball play, but in my desire to want him to say to put up the finger that we put up when we say forget everybody, yeah, get up there and have that moment and take that shot. Those type of things give him the narrative, not anybody else. And for once, I want him to have the correct narrative and make it for himself and have it for himself in any capacity, in any capacity. That's all I'm saying. And, I and, want the best the guy. And the, <laughs> the, thing, the thing for me, the thing for me, you know, and I'm still going to be one that's probably going to always... Stop passing! <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to say, you know, Michael Jordan is, is the greatest player. I, I think I'm always just going to say that. Just He was just way beyond his years. And as an individual talent, I think I'm always just going to put him number one. But, you know, Colin, I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day, and he said something that totally makes sense, that for me kills, kills the whole Michael Jordan-LeBron debate for me. Um, he said, if you want to call Michael Jordan the greatest player you've ever seen, or the, or the GOAT, or whatever, if you want to call Michael Jordan the GOAT, that's fine. He said, but LeBron is a GOAT, too. And he said the reason why is because LeBron is the greatest foundational piece in sports. He said not even in just in the NBA. LeBron James is the greatest foundational piece in sports because everywhere he goes, he's guaranteed to at least get you one. It's guaranteed to at least get you one championship everywhere he's been. He's going to get you there. He is the one common denominator for all of these teams. And I, and I said it, too. I said all these coaches that got championships, all these players that were basically – I mean, look at this Lakers roster. Jared Dudley, Deion Waiters, uh, 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 J.R., Dwight. It's just a bunch of, just a bunch of guys. And they all come here and they're all champions. They all can call themselves champions because of LeBron James. LeBron James is the one common factor. You know, he said, he said that, you know, 
all these other players, they need this to be perfect. They need this to work out. They need this to work out. They need this to work out. He said all LeBron James needs is a basketball. You give him a basketball, and you listen to him when he says, I want that guy, and I want that guy, and I'll make it work. Not and he did. I need to find the ginseng. I need to find the GNC pills he's taking. This man, I mean, man. 35, 17 years, and still playing at the top of, top of his level. There's guys 17, 18, 19 years. You're like, listen, your will's a turn. Let it go. Go um, hang it up. They were saying, tell Kobe after 18, 19, hang it up. LeBron I mean, he still, still, still looks like he can go another three years. Like his, his. He's Tom Brady. I'm going to play till I'm 40, 50. Yeah. His down, his down years, when his down years come, I feel like he'll still be able to average like 23 and six or something. In his down, in his, his down years. Like we haven't seen the down years yet. Like that's what, that's what's crazy. It's like he he's don't just look like staying. They soon exactly. It's like we we know we know that this when you watch LeBron play, right? We're aware that this is not Miami Heat LeBron. Miami Heat LeBron that second year that was that was peak apex LeBron. That was when his mental and physical powers were at their best. I mean, I mean, head way above the rim, head way above the rim. That was when he was at his physical peak form. But the fact that he's 35 years old and he's still playing at this high tier level, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. But you take LeBron, give it to me, baby. We finish the Los Angeles Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions. Bubble and all. Congratulations to them. Let's move on to the NFL, Tristan. Week six power rankings. Number one, the Seattle Seahawks. They were number two this week, last week. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. They were three last week. The Chiefs, Kansas City, they were number one last week. They took a dive to three. Number four, the Baltimore Ravens. They stay in the same place. Number five, the Buffalo Bills. They stay in the same place. Pittsburgh Steelers, they were seven last week. They moved to six. Seven, the Los Angeles Rams. They were eight last week. They move up to seven. The Tennessee Titans, COVID and all, they, move, they stay at eight. They were six last week. They dropped. Number nine, New Orleans Saints. They stay in the same spot. And number 10, shout out to the Cleveland Browns popping up in the top 10. They were 14 last week. Tristan, this week was not very – this was an easy NFL week. This will be an easy NFL highlights thing. It's not that much. A lot we can talk about, but not that much. The Buccaneers and the Bears. The Bears beat the Bucks 20 to 19. Everybody's saying Nick Foles does it again against Tom Brady. Cairo Santos kicked a 38-yard field goal with 117 left in this one to seal the deal. The Panthers and the Falcons, 23 to 16. The Panthers, everybody beats the Falcons. The Panthers beat the Falcons 23 to 16. This is the one we go to, Tristan. Raiders beat the Chiefs. They finally Somebody finally gets the Chiefs. The Las Vegas Raiders get the Chiefs. 40 to 32. Derek Carr, 22 of 31, 347 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Patrick Mahomes, 20 or 22 of 43, 340 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. The Raiders snapped Chiefs 13 game winning streak and five game winning streak against the Raiders, dating back to 2017. The Chiefs can be beat. They are beat, Tristan. 
They have won. They have lost one. What about it? He'll still end up like being like thirteen and three, you know, maybe fourteen and two. I mean, I wasn't looking for them to be undefeated. Um, you know, one of their better offensive linemen, you know, he he opted out this season to to um, you know handle his medical duties as a doctor. Shout out to him. So you know, the offensive line is not what it was last year, and the defense, you know, I think still needs uh, some work to do, especially in their linebacking position. Um, I think, you know, the Raiders kind of have a formula to beat them. You know, you if you can contain Patrick Mahomes, not let him do the off-script plays, and um, and you can run the football well, which, you know, they have Josh Jacobs, awesome running back. You you have a shot. You have a chance um, to beat him. So, shout-out to – hey, listen, we said this a couple of years ago, but shout-out to John Gruden, you know, because uh, we thought him – Dismantling that together. team, it, you know, we thought it was a mistake, but you, look, look so what's happening. You were ready to throw. Oh, I, I was ready. Oh, I, I was ready. I was ready to crucify <laughs> him. I was prepared. I was to delete you from Twitter. <laughs> I was. I was. I was prepared, but like I said, I, I'm. You know, I, I can be wrong. It's fine. I can be wrong, and uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad for the Raiders. Um, to see that it's, you know, on an upswing. It looks like Derek Carr is the franchise quarterback. I know we had questions about that even last year. But it looks like uh, uh, John Gruden really likes him as his guy. So, yeah, shout-out to the Raiders, man. They're they're doing it. Speaking of the Chiefs, they got a big dog as of today. The news is Le'Veon Bell, according to ESPN.com, the New York Jets' rocky relationship with Le'Veon Bell came to an abrupt end Tuesday. When the team announced it had released the running back, the move concluded a 19-month tenure that was filled with disappointment and broken promises. Bell, who arrived as a marquee free agent in 2019, never clicked with Coach Adam Gates. I don't think we any of us clicks with Adam Gates. Um, who should be gone? Who opposed the signing from the offset after having conversations with Le'Veon and his agent and exploring potential trade options over the past couple of days? We have made the decision to release Le'Veon, the team said in a statement. The Jets organization appreciates Le'Veon's efforts during his time here, and we know we worked hard to make significant contributions to this team. We believe this decision is in the best interest of both parties and wish him future success. As a vested veteran, Bell is not subject to waivers. He will be a free agent as of 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Wednesday. That was yesterday. Bell shared his thoughts on Twitter shortly after the announcement when he tweeted the praying hands emoji. Frustrated by his lack of involvement in the offense, Bell met with Gates and general manager Joe Douglas on Monday, a source said. They told Bell they would explore a trade and gave his agent permission to speak with teams. The Jets contracted every contacted every team but found the contract was difficult to move. They were willing to eat some of the $6 million remaining on his 2020 base salary, but the sticking point was an $8 million injury guarantee in 2021, a source said. No team wanted to take on that much of a risk, fearing a serious injury. In the end, neither were the Jets. The breaking point in the relationship came Sunday when Bell was upset with his role in the Jets' 30-10 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Afterwards, he declined media interview requests but he took to Twitter and liked comments from the media members who suggested he was being misused and should be traded. That Absolutely. upset Gates. 
That upset Gates, who told reporters on Monday, I hate that that's the route we go with all this instead of just talking about it. But it seems that's the way guys want to do it nowadays. Bell has been. He has not been the guy he's been in Pittsburgh in a very long time, Tristan. Bell, Bell has been a disappointment since he signed a four-year, $52.5 million contract last year, as he has averaged only 3.3 yards per Gary with the Jets, 51, 51st out of 53 qualifying runners in the NFL during that span. In 17 games with the Jets, Bell rushed for 863 yards and three touchdowns. He was hurt by mediocre line play in a system that didn't cater to his strengths as a versatile runner. Bell was signed by former general manager Mike McCagnan, excuse me, who wanted a weapon to help the development of quarterback Sam Darnold. As it turned out, McCagnan was fired two months after the signing. Darnold has regressed, and the Jets are 0-5 with the low, NFL's lowest scoring offense. This was the second time in four months that a high-profile Jet wanted out of New York. In July, all pro safety Jamal Adams and the team were involved in a contract dispute. The Jets eventually traded Adams to the Seattle Seahawks, and Adams was critical of Gase's leadership on the way out. Fast forward to today. We know the problems his contract brings. However, of course, any team acquiring Bell is going to hope that he finds new life away from the Jets and coach Adam Gase. By NFL Next Generation stats, Though Bell's problems weren't strictly a product of a middling offensive line. Since the start of last season, he has produced 110 rushing large yards below expectation, giving his blocking the fourth worst mark in the league behind Devontae Freeman, Peyton Barber, and Todd Gurley. It doesn't get any better for running backs as Freeman, Gurley, and Bell all signed lucrative contracts, Tristan extensions. And each was cut after they disappointed those teams while on their deal. The top 10 of possible destinations for Le'Veon Bell included the Chicago Bears, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, six San Francisco, the six, the San Francisco 49ers, number seven, the Tennessee Titans, number eight, the Seattle Seahawks, number nine, Miami Dolphins, number 10, Arizona Cardinals. As of the last couple of hours, as of all the the, the, the the things, the alerts that have come off your phone, he is now a Kansas City Chief. Patrick Mahomes, Le'Veon Bell, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. That is now your offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's 14 Pro Bowl selections right in that, in that row, Tristan. Le'Veon Bell, the Jets, he goes to Kansas City. Adam Gates, how you feel about it? Listen. First of all, let me let me just get this out the way. I don't know what people are gonna do about Kansas City. I, I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know what you can do with a Patrick Mahomes led team that has Travis Kelsey at tight end, Tyree Taylor to wide out, Sammy Watkins as your wide out, Nicole Harmon as your wide out. Already had a decent runner already with the rookie uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And then you add someone that has the skill set like Le'Veon Bell. I don't I don't know I don't know 
I don't know what you can do with that. Now, as far as the Jets are concerned, here's my thing. You had an all-pro safety that wanted out. You traded your, I think it was 2018-2017 pick in Leonard Williams to the Giants. Was your was your uh, Pro Bowl defensive tackle? You then signed C.J. Mosley from the Ravens, and he hasn't been what you thought he would be for your middle linebacker spot. Your only deep threat that you have for Sam Donald was Robbie Anderson. You let him go to go to Carolina. Your only deep threat, and then you signed Le'Veon Bell. And you have no idea how to use him. <laughs> to the point that he wanted out and you release him. And now you're just leaving Sam Donald with what? On the offense. Jameson Crowder. That's it. That's his best weapon on offense is Jameson Crowder. Has anybody been watching the Tennessee Titans? Has anybody been watching what Ryan Tannehill has been doing between last year and now. This is the same Ryan Tannehill who was on the verge of becoming a career backup because his head coach was who? Adam Gates. And now you bring this man to the Jets with Sam Donald, who people are looking at the Jets to possibly try and draft another quarterback and send Sam Donald out the door. When it's Adam Gates is the problem. And I'm really trying to understand what in the world does the Jets franchise see in Adam Gates to want to do everything else but fire Adam Gates? What is it about him? him? Everybody else getting released but him. Everybody else. And I'm really trying to understand what is it about Adam Gates that made him such a hot commodity? I keep telling people, just because Peyton Manning, you were you were Peyton Manning's coordinator, doesn't mean that you were Peyton Manning's coordinator. Peyton Manning is his own coordinator. Peyton Manning don't need you. He don't need you calling plays. All you're there to do is to be there to be a yes man for Peyton. If Peyton likes the play, you put the play in. If Peyton doesn't like the play, you throw the play out. That's it. That's it. So you're saying somewhere in between someone stroked Adam Gates' ego and he cannot come down from it. The, the only reason why he's why he's this way is because Peyton Manning was his – he was Peyton Manning's OC when he was over or there at the, the Denver Broncos. Bill Belichick things that he tries to do and build from the bottom. But, that, but that's all. That's the only – But it's, it's literally the only thing he can lay his hat on was the fact that Peyton Manning was his, was his quarterback. Peyton Manning makes everybody's job easy. Do you all understand that? Peyton Manning is is arguably the smartest, smartest quarterback to ever live. He makes everybody's job easy. Speaking of which, I, I want to see his nephew. His nephew's playing at 9, at 9 o'clock on ESPN, too. So we're going to see another Manning in the next few years in the NFL. Just, you know, everybody be on the lookout. Um, it, it, it just baffles me. And I really feel bad for Sam Darnold because I really think Sam Darnold's getting a raw deal. I think he re- I think his career is in jeopardy, and it's because of coaching. It's, it has nothing to do with his skill set or talent as a quarterback. It has everything to do with Adam Gates. And I, I, if, if they go through this season 
and Adam Gates is the coach. If he does not get fired this offseason, I'm done with the Jets. I have nothing more to say to them. If they go into next season and Adam Gates is still the head coach, I have nothing more to say for the Jets. They might as well just stay in NFL purgatory where they belong because I have nothing more to say. When Dan Quinn got fired, I said to myself, two coaches down, two more to go. Matt Patricia and Adam Gates. But Adam Gates is my number one. Adam Gates is my number one coach that I feel should get fired. Adam Gates is my number one coach I feel should get fired. Because you're wasting these young quarterbacks. You're wasting their time and their talent and their ability by being stubborn, feeling like you're the smartest guy in the room. So I, I'm just, I'm he through with them. He should have been fired with Jamal Adams, more my personal opinion. He really should have been gone then. When, when you had to let go of your all-pro safety that was just getting out of his rookie contract that is only 20-something years old, your all-pro safety, balling, all-pro safety, when you had to let him go, that's when you should have fired Adam Gates. So kudos to Le'Veon for, for muscling his way out of there. I don't know what the Jets are going to do. I don't know how the Jets are going to function, but I promise you Adam Gates is the coach next year. This is going to be the same problems that we'll see next year. If I'm in that locker room, I don't even want to suit up and go out no more. Like, what are we playing? What, is this? what are we playing for? What are we playing for? What is this? I don't want to tank seasons just so you can get the one by one pick to make nothing of it. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Todd Bowles wouldn't have messed this up. That's all I'm saying. Eric Todd Bowles. wouldn't have messed it up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> There's other coaches out there, man. There's if other coaches. This man if the Chiefs win the title again with this roster and everybody he got, this is his offense. If he doesn't get a knock on the door, this league has a personal problem. Absolutely. The Cardinals beat the Jets, as we know, 30 to 10. The Eagles beat the Eagles lose to the Steelers 38 to 29. The Washington Football Club loses to the Rams 30 to 10. The Bengals. The Ravens, divisional, 27-3. The Ravens get that one. Jaguars and Texans. The Texans, after all that turmoil, they still managed to win a game. They beat the Jaguars. Because they fired Bill O'Brien. <laughs> See what happens Even when you fire coaches? Adam. <laughs> See what happens when you fire coaches? 30-14 is that score. The Dolphins beat the 49ers. Who have just hit injury roll and it's so terrible, terrible. They yeah. beat the, the Miami Dolphins beat 49ers 43 to 17. The Colts, Tristan 23. They beat the 23. They lose to the Browns 23 to 32. This is the one we got to stop. The Giants and the Cowboys. The Cowboys win 37 34 over the Giants. The big news in this one. Dak Prescott suffers a compound ankle fracture and dislocation in Sunday's victory against the New York Giants. He underwent surgery same night to repair the fracture and also washed the infected area. This is going to be a long road. How dare the Dallas Cowboys? We talked about this. We, it's like we crystal balled 
this type of situation. Now the man that you claim, a lot of people, and you know, stop bringing up Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins did not deserve on paper. Yes, his his averages were nice, but zero six on Monday Night Football, and he deserved what more than a franchise tag? Stop it! Stop it! But Dak Prescott deserves nothing. And now he's paying the price for it. And this is why we talk about Le'Veon and what he did, why he went to the Jets and things of that nature. This That's is why you why can't be mad. They commit career suicide in teams that don't deserve them to get the money they deserve just for this moment alone and the devaluing of the black quarterback in NFL, Jerry Jones, you should be ashamed of yourself. You gave everybody money but this man. And this is the only man that kept you relevant. Oh, he hasn't won in the playoffs. He went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Who knew that pass was going to happen? But he went toe-to-toe with the bad man. Dak has been the culture of, of Dallas Cowboy football. In the audacity, the audacity, because I say audacity when I'm pissed off. Football in America has three black commentators. None of them, none of them, when I watched that, I was pissed off. None of them, everyone wants to, to have this kumbaya moment of to- Mike Tirico, Tony Dungy. All of them wanted to have this kumbaya moment of talking about how Dak is taking it to the chin, how he's being strong. Forget that. He should be pissed off. And the audacity of, uh, of Tony Dungy to say, this is better off for the Dallas Cowboys because luckily they have the red machine back there. Great job. It's going to open up this. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. Really? The minorities that are in football, you had the audacity, the nerve to say that? Wish y'all wished him well and said the Dallas Cowboys are going to be better off in a sense without them. And to quote him accurately, this is a blessing in disguise. Tristan, are you as pissed as I am? Oh, you'd have thought I was a Cowboys fan. How pissed <laughs> I was. You would have really thought I was a Cowboys fan. I wanted so badly when I before that before the injury happened. I wanted so badly for the Giants to win. So I, I, wa- I was excited to come on the show to talk about how the Cowboys lost to the Giants. I, that's what I was looking forward to. <laughs> I really was. What the hell? I really was. And then, you know, the injury happened. And at the time, the Cowboys were still losing. And I, I remember saying to myself, even if the Cowboys lose, I cannot come on this show this week and celebrate them losing after what I just saw. Mm. Let me be clear about this. We, as black people, yes. always have had to claw and fight our way to get the things that we deserve, rightfully deserve. Always. We always have to fight for these things. And I'm looking at Jerry Jones, and I'm looking at him square in the eye with this. How in the world, how in the world could you have paid everybody else and not pay the one position that is arguably the most important position in sports, the quarterback position? 
How could you be in that position to be so stubborn to not pay Dak Prescott his money? And now we're in a situation where Dak Prescott had broken his ankle, broke the ankle. I mean, we're, we're seeing it. And he has no guarantee money. When we saw Earl Thomas get hurt and he flipped the bird at uh at the uh the team at the Seahawks when he was leaving, that's what Dak Prescott should have done to Jerry Jones in the press box on when as he was getting carted out. It makes no sense that you don't give this man any security. And then you still have the audacity to go on your radio show just days after the injury and saying that you cannot make an emotional decision in regards to signing him long-term, that Prescott was on a record-setting pace this season. Whether good, bad, whatever, it was on a record-setting pace, despite your team underachieving. Everybody wanted to celebrate DeMarcus Lawrence getting a, 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 a strip sack. Do you understand that was his first sack of the season? We're in week five. He's the highest-paid player on your team. We're in week five. That was his first sack of the year against the Giants. So it basically doesn't count because it's against the Giants. Everybody gets the sack against the Giants. Ezekiel Elliott had a strong game, but he's been inconsistent. Your wide receivers are there, but Dak has been the only one consistently balling out all season. And then for him to get that injury, all I thought was this man didn't get his money. This man didn't get the security. What if he couldn't play anymore? Now he didn't even have the security of that contract. These are the things that we talk about when we see these players hold out, when we see these players saying, I'm not coming into camp, I'm not signing the franchise tag, I don't want to do this. These are the moments that we talk about, especially in the NFL, where any hit is a hit away from your career being over. Don't let this thing fool you that you think you could play for a long time. Every single game is a gift to these guys because one hit can call it. Yeah. One hit. You think Ryan Shazier thought his career was going to be over after five years? One hit. His career was done. The Arguably the best linebacker at the time in the game. One hit cost him his whole career. You think Luke Keekley was only going to play, wanted to only play seven years? Cam Chancellor? Cam Chancellor. Patrick Willis. I mean, we can go down the line. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't take a lot in football. It doesn't take a lot for your career to be done because they're doing things that honestly the human body is not supposed to be able to withstand. So when I hear these players want to go after their money, I feel no ways about it. Go for your money. Go get it. Go get the security that you want and deserve. If you are playing at a high level, you are entitled to demand the money that you want when you're playing at a high level. Wasn't Dak Prescott rookie of the year? Doesn't Dak Prescott have 40 wins in his career so far as a starting quarterback? Hasn't Dak Prescott never had a losing season since he's been the starter? If you If he warrants the money, Give him his money. What's so com what's so complex? What's so complex? What does this do to the mental capacity of Dak Prescott? Because we're seeing him being nice and being this jovial, I'm gonna be strong and having this nice 
he's handling it at least in front of the camera. Right. As we all said well. But this was also a man that came out prior to the year and expressed his discontent within about the death of his brother. We also are in a pandemic where a lot of people are unknown of what's going to go happen and what's going to be next. He cannot play football. He has to sit there and nurse his injury. And now, because he has no guaranteed money, he may not have a guaranteed team to come back to. Right. Where does this put him? Where, where, what, do you, what is he thinking? Where do you think he is? What would you be thinking? Can we even go there? Can we even say it? I, I couldn't imagine what's going through his head. Um, I know what I would be thinking. I know I would be, if they try to franchise tag me again, I know I would I would shove the franchise tag back in their face. <laughs> Up their butts. I know that's what you want. You know what I wanted to say, but. <laughs> this is a family show, but I'm with you. Exactly. I can, I can hear it without hearing <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely shove it back in their face. I, 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 and and just test the free agent market. I would do that. I honestly would. I honestly would. Um, but I feel, but I also feel that you know, because he broke his ankle, he might be thinking, who's going to really give me a fair look? Because everybody's going to be wondering how, how am I? Everybody's going to be wondering. How am I? How can I? Am I going to be the same guy? You know, this but is a four to six month being injury. A starter to them possibly telling me, "Well, we're going to put you on our, we're going to put you on our backup." I've led a team for how many years now? Exactly. So I don't know what he's thinking, but I know it's I know it's something that's not easy. I I, I know it's like going on his head. I know he's him and his agent probably constantly talking. Um, I just I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. But I, I'm praying the best for him. I'm praying for his health. I'm praying for a speedy recovery. I'm praying that he comes back stronger than ever and, and can and can prove everybody that, that he warrants the money that he desires. And um yeah, I'm I'm cheering for him. Despite the fact that he's a cowboy fan. This is beyond uh I mean, despite the fact that he's a cow he's a cowboy quarterback, this is beyond, you know, rivalry teams. This is me cheering for a black quarterback to get his justice. I'm tired of seeing the black quarterback, you know, getting disrespected. And I understand some people probably will will hear this when they watch our YouTube channel or listen to it when they listen to our podcast, and they're probably going to think, well, Patrick Mahomes is the highest paid player. They're going to say Russell Wilson is, is paid up there. You know, your no black MVP quarterbacks vote. are flourishing. But no MVP vote, you know. There's something wrong with Lamar Jackson every week. Y'all still Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's always something with the black quarterbacks. There's always something. So I'm really hoping well wishes for Dak for real. And it's crazy how all these conversations kind of go in and out of each other because we talked about Dwayne Haskins and we had the same conversation about him last week and wanting what's best for him, but also knowing what is business. We talk about Dak Prescott, who has I'm not my disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. I had a couple of Dallas Cowboys fans say thank you for your post the other day, and I and I thank you knowing how much you hate the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, because it was so. How dare you to me? And to yeah. see him crying like that. Yeah. See, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And the faithful in Dallas love Dak Prescott. And yeah. It's the guy you homegrown. You took him from the – you planted his seed. Yeah. Um, not, uh, uh, not to mention it's, 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 he, he's a class act, you can't say. And we were talking about him years ago as being mediocre. And how much – look how much he's, he's evolved and stepped his game up. Poor, poor Dak Prescott. 
finishing yeah. off the last big Tristan, the Chargers and the Saints. The Saints beat the Chargers 30 to 27. The Bills and the Titans. The Titans beat the Bills 42 to 16. Bye. Who had a bye? The Broncos, the Lions, the Packers, the Patriots, Vikings, and the Seahawks. The Listen, I got 99 problems, but a win ain't one of them. Had a beautiful baby online. That cute Life is good. Boy. You still got Sierra on you. Until the Seahawks lose, I think that's going to be my continuous thing. What is Russell Wilson really losing? That pass was amazing. They beat amazing. the Vikings 27-16. DK Metcalf, Tristan, six receptions, 93 yards, two touchdowns. Last year, they did a Bleach Report gridiron poll. Eight receivers were picked over DK Metcalf last year. Now he's getting compared <laughs> to some of the greats. Jamal Adams says DK is the new era Megatron. I'm not arguing with anybody. Russell Wilson, he's the best in the world of what he does. The great Washington Redskins, Washington football clubber. Brian Westbrook, DK Metcalf, is faster than Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens says himself, not mad at it at all. He's known for his speed. I wasn't. I got faster while I played. Dwayne Brown, Seahawks offensive tackle. I don't think anyone could guard him one-on-one. -on -one. The emergence of DK Metcalf. Let me let me let me let me say one thing real real clear. This must be my year. I I, I think I think I know what's happening. I think <laughs> I think the Lord is humbling me this year. Because the past the past couple years that we've done this show, you know, normally what I say normally is super correct. You always like Tristan's always right. That and I think I let that but I think I let that get to my head. And I think this is the, the Lord humbling me. To boost your ego? Ooh, I think ooh. yeah, I I think I think this is the Lord humbling me on this show because what I said about D DK Metcalf, I didn't say he was gonna be a buff. What I said was when I watched him at Ole Miss, he ran like a robot. I thought he was a one-trick pony. And he's proven me wrong. He's proven me wrong. I've been wrong about him. I've been wrong about Justin Herbert. I can I can accept this is my this is my year. I can accept that. I mean, that. you're still right. That's two people. I, I can add a couple more on your not. I, I but I, I can I can take this. I can under I'm happy that I'm wrong about these guys. Let me say this about DK Metcalf. Let me say this to Jamal Adams. I understand that you're on his team. I understand you. You got to gas your guy. Gas your guy up. I'm all for it. But let's let's not let's not get too far when we talk about Megatron. Okay. Let's not let's not go here. You reaching. You reaching because anybody <laughs> anybody that watched Megatron up there in Detroit that was that was something different. That was just the Lord made one Calvin Johnson, yeah, and that's all. There's no duplication; it's just one. The the height of Calvin, the size, his wingspan, the speed, the vertical. There's only one Calvin Johnson. There is no other Megatron ever existing. Now, the comparison that you make as far as Terrell Owens, but a faster T.O. I can live with that. Okay. I can live with that comparison for sure. For sure. Um, he's awesome. I mean, DK Metcalf is awesome. 
I do agree. I don't think there is a def- I don't think there's a single defender that can take him one. Maybe Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know if there's a single corner that can deal with him one on one, except for maybe Jalen Ramsey. Maybe Jalen Ramsey could do it, but I don't think there's anybody else. Speaking of corners, we gotta send our condolences before we um, end the show. We we gotta send our best wishes and get wells. And <laughs> you got it. To uh, to John you Norman, because you you Jazzy Jeff, you were Jazzy Jeff T. Poe by Derrick. <laughs> I'm just trying. Listen, <laughs> Derrick Henry, the man has a family. You you understand it, right? I'm just th- you know, I'm just thankful that his I, th- I believe Josh Norman got kids. I am thankful <laughs> that his kids ain't gotta go to school. They're doing virtual schooling because if his kids had to go to school the next day, oh. I'd be watching their daddy Are do you get that. <laughs> I'd have felt so bad for his children. I'd have felt terrible. That when I saw that stuff on my said, Oh my god. I mean talking like oh he was a kid. God. Like he was a child. He's older than you. Respect your elders, Derrick Henry. Marshawn Lynch said, boom, get out Respect your elders, Derrick Henry. Respect your elders. He's older than you. He's older than you, sir. Respect your elders. What love got to do with it? Woo! Woo! That was was insane. When he he hit him, his body did a curve. Like, it was a U. Like, Like, that was a perfect, like, if you toss somebody out your house, I couldn't it believe. Literally I was couldn't like believe Jazzy it. Jeff, when you toss somebody out your house, that is a perfect toss. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I, I, I honestly couldn't. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I, was, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't believe that Josh Norman tried to square up on him. That was a mistake. You didn't try to go low and try to take him out. Of, take him out at his legs. You try to square up on him. That was the big mistake. I'm not. I'm not squaring up against Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's as big as Chase Young. I need people to understand that. He's as big as Chase Young playing running back. Come on, man. You Mm-mm. might as well let him go. You want John Norman ain't been the same. He ain't been the same since that Jay Z line. He ain't been the same. Since he ain't been the same. He ain't been the same. Carolina, somewhere, somehow, him and Odell Beckham Jr.'s relationship got in your eye. He ain't been the same. Yeah. Um, college football in a minute, real quickly. Nick Saban. COVID, shout out to positive. shout out to Nick shout out to Nick Saban man praying for a speedy recovery from the COVID situation. Um, I'm I'm really nervous about the college football just scenario because I just don't know what they can do to contain contain this thing. Um, I I do expect to hear more COVID cases, so I just I'm very nervous about that. Um, so so shout out to Nick Saban for a speedy recovery. Um, his Alabama team keeps rolling along, roll tide. They keep rolling along. Um, the Washington football team, if they lose to the Giants this weekend, if they lose to the Giants, we are now on the clock for Trevor Lawrence. I'm just letting y'all be clear right now. If they lose to the Giants this weekend, we will be on the Trevor Lawrence clock. Right now, we're on the another Justin year, Fields another clock. Quarterback, huh? Another year, another quarterback. This is and this is probably one of the more uh, anticipated quarterback prospects. Um, coming out in this draft because we got we got uh, Trey Lance from uh, North Dakota, old Carson Wentz school. Uh, you got Justin Fields from Ohio State. Uh, you got Trevor Lawrence, who is basically the golden child um, from Clemson. Um, he's he's you know listed as the best prospect since Andrew Luck. 
and uh, we got the other kid from Florida. His name is facing right now. So this is a very um, good class, uh, prospectively, you know, uh, as far as the quarterback position. And we're looking at, based on how the records are right now, we're looking at teams that are going to be in the top five, six that are not looking for quarterbacks. So it's a good chance that the Washington football team, if they decide to go that direction, can land one of those top quarterbacks. And this was a good show. Episode 99. Call us the great one. The Wayne Gretzky edition. Next week when we see you. A hundred of them things. Can you believe it? A hundred. Did you last this long with me? I, I, I'm happy I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deter. After the first meeting, I didn't deter. I mean, I've known you before. We, we've done right. this before, before this. Right. But I'm, but you didn't run away. You stayed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because I'm not easy. But we get the job done. A hundred episodes, baby. And cookies. <laughs> you need cookies. And I have to celebrate. Anyways, I'm, and hopefully, hopefully, a great guest. Yes. As we celebrate 100. If we don't, it's still monumental. But still, if we get this person. Right. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. But anyway, y'all y'all know I got I got people outside of me. Um, anyways, I'm saying like I said every week, and I don't care if it does not rhyme, but it's still mine. I'm Mikkel, like Kevin Mikkel. Tristan, enjoy the rest of your night. We'll you see too. y'all next week. 100. Episode 100. Add to zero, you got add to zero, you got add to zero. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>